Welcome to the Smut Hive, where each week we review a dark romance book, drink some high noons, laugh our asses off, and rant about all of the hot smutty sex. There will be spoilers, so if you want to read it first, close now and come back later. We also want to duly note this is an explicit podcast where we will be talking about all the taboo topics we read, including explicit sex of all varieties, subject matter that could be sensitive to some, and filthy language. We are your hosts, Jillian and Morgan. Are you ready? Yes. Welcome back to the Smut Hive. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be back recording. Yes. It's a great book series yes. that we did. But before we talk about that, guess what? What? It was our podiversary. It sure was. One year. One whole year. Yeah. Who knew? Who knew? 50 plus episodes. I didn't count exactly how many episodes. We had a couple little pop-ups in there. So it was 50 something episodes. I know we're in like, I think just shy of two U.S. states. Left? Left. That somebody hasn't listened to us in? I think we're at like 60 countries or something. That's really exciting. Yeah. It's been such a journey. Yeah. Yeah. We have so many like new friends. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, just listeners and authors and like our very first uh, friend that we got on the podcast, Rosa, we've talked about her yeah. a couple of times. I literally just like messaged yeah. with her yesterday. Like we still talk about books. Like it's just still a thing. And it, these are just great, great conversations to be having with like-minded folks. And I love it. Yeah. I went to a wedding recently and <laughs> there were a couple of people there that I am friends with, but I don't get to see often. Um, and they're always like, always like oh my god like I've been listening to you guys like you're so great and then I was sitting at a table and they asked me what I do because I don't have like a normal corporate job uh anymore anymore um <laughs> so I talk about like my event planning business but then I'm like yeah and then I have a podcast I'm like oh really like we listen to podcasts what do you do so I like what you know I explain it and like immediately four new listeners Yes. Just from like a single conversation. It's so cool because you don't realize that people around you like the same things you do. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I feel like realistically, like when you think about romance books, it's like people don't want anyone does, you know, they don't want people to know. Yeah. Go to those weird things. But not me. Yeah. I talk about it all day long. All day long. And because yeah. of this podcast, we've met so many <clears throat> new people. Yeah. That are just like, yep, we completely agreed with you about that book review, yeah. or we completely disagree with right. you. That's our shit, yeah. like whatever. But nobody's hating yeah. or anything like that. Like we've not gotten one negative, no. um, you know, response yeah. or direct message or anything like that. So it's been so much fun. Yeah, I can't believe just like one singular idea like a year ago turned into this yes because i feel like we talked about doing this podcast like one day and within two days amazon delivered you a microphone and then like by the third day you were like okay i've got this down this down and this down and i'm like wow that moved really fast (laughs) but it's been great so thank you guys thanks everybody who is supporting us um who listens who likes who reviews who loves all the all the things that we love from you guys so thank you so much yeah yeah Good stuff. Here's to 50 more. Yeah. We got this. Oh, yeah. yeah, we do. Hey, we read a book. Series. We read a series. Yeah. What'd we read? So a little while back, we did Praise mm-hmm. 
by Sarah Kate. By Sarah Kate. Um, and we liked it so much that we decided to do the whole series, but we needed a little bit of time to read them. And wait for the third book to drop. Right. Fourth book. Fourth book. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, so the fourth book dropped like last week or something, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So we read them. So we have three books that we are going to be reviewing today. <clears throat> uh, the Salacious yeah. Players Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, book two is Eyes on Me. Book three is Give Me More. And book four is Mercy. Yeah. All again by Sarah Kate. These are huge on TikTok. Yes. That's, I think that's actually where we got yeah. praise from to begin with is yeah. on TikTok. Um, but again, folks, if you want to listen to the series in its entirety, we definitely suggest you go yeah. back and listen to our review of Praise, yeah. which was from last season. I yeah. believe it was last season. Just like a quick touch base on that. It was a guy that ended up being a dom to his son's ex-girlfriend. Right. She's submissive. And I think there's like a 20 year age difference. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going into any more than that because you need to listen to the episode. Go back and review. Yes. Yes. So we will start with book two, which is Eyes on Me. And each of these four books are about one of the partners of the Salacious Players Club. The Salacious Players Club began as four best friends Mm -hmm. who started an app. And it's a kink app that helps you get in touch with someone that shares your same kink. Right. Um, and so that's kind of like a dating app type situation. Well, it grew and grew and grew and the interest was there. So the four partners at the beginning of book one decided to open a club. So now there is a very sexy sex club, um, the salacious players club. So with book two, we have the second partner who is Garrett and the female lead in this book is Mia. They're step siblings. Right. I mean, kind of. Here's the thing. I feel like when I read like these step siblings as a trope. Mm-hmm. But for me, when I'm reading a step siblings book, right? If they don't become quote unquote step siblings until they're adults, yeah. I don't really care. Yeah. Step siblings, I feel like, is something you use when you're like young and your parents like marry and you're still in school, like you're eight or nine or whatever the hell. Right. I don't really feel like step siblings really applies at 18 plus. Yeah. I just don't. Well, I think in this book, Mia was like eight to 10, somewhere around through there yeah. when the parents got married, but Garrett was 21 right. and didn't even live in the house. Right. So their parents are married. But they don't share a sibling. They don't share blood. They have to see each other like two or three times a year. And they generally, what you understand from the beginning of the book is that they don't really get along. He picks on her. She takes it personally. The parents are always like, oh, you too. Mm -hmm. You know, and they just don't ever pay attention. So it mostly is focused on Garrett. Mm -hmm. And again, sex club owner, but has been celibate for quite a while. And something like 10 years. I don't know why. Like, you do understand that he has, like, depression and anxiety. um, And then from time to time within his life, depression has really put him down. And he's gone through some things. So you do get that. Um, You also get that, like, Garrett's parents, like, he does consider his stepfather, like, a father figure in that way. Like, he knows that the stepfather is taking care of his mother Mm -hmm. and that she lives a happy life. And that's all he's really ever wanted. 
but he, the stepfather has been kind of ill lately. And so Garrett feels like maybe he should make more of an effort to spend more time with them kind of a thing. But right. then you back off, he backs off because he's like, oh, but then maybe Mia's around and she annoys me like right. a brat kind yeah. of a thing. So then you flash to Mia. Mia's a 20 something year old and she basically lives her life. Like she gives zero fucks. Right. She loves her parents. Uh, her mother died when she was little. So moving into a home with Garrett's mom, she does consider Garrett's yeah. mom a motherly figure right. because she's been treated as a child and right. grew up with them. So you understand these are rich people and they have rich people problems, like having a lake house that they oh, all have to go to right. in the summer. Oh. I know. So the retired Richie Rich parents are at the lake house and Garrett finds out that Mia is also at the lake house for the summer. And he just feels like, oh, she doesn't have a job. She's never going to grow up, like whatever. And he teases her kind of a thing. But he does decide that he needs to make more of an effort. Well, before that all happens, he gets really fucking horny and decides to check out some app like cam girl app or whatever. And he's scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And he gets attracted to somebody but the more that this person speaks before she actually shows her name, he finds out the cam girl really is Mia. Right. And it kind of flips his lid. Right. Because he's like, holy fucking shit, that's my stepsister. But holy fucking shit, my dick is hard. Right. So. Yeah. I <coughs> I do want to talk about this cam girl. Mm-hmm. Life. Do it. So I feel like. Now there's cam girls and like only fans and it's, it's a thing. It's a well-known thing. Like, and people are so judgy about it. Like you mm-hmm. have only fans and oh my God, I can't believe you would be do that like on camera. But do you know some people have an only fans for feet? Yes. I have heard so, of this. Listen, mm-hmm. I will get on an only, I will get an only fans and I will show my feet. If someone across the world wants to pay me $300, look at my feet while they jack off. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for paying my car payment. Like, I no shame. None. But I really liked the fact that is she sexual on, like, this cam girl? I, you know, yeah. yes, she is. But in general, like, her main customers, she's, like, support, like, a supportive friend. Like, Companionship. There is, there is nothing sexual about it. Mm-hmm. So I did like that the, like the reality of what being a cam girl is, is real life in this book. Mm -hmm. Because I really do feel that it's not always sexual. Right. But Mm -hmm. for Garrett. Yep. It's sexual. It is sexual. And that kind of gets him to message her privately as quote unquote Drake. Which is a character we met in (coughs) Praise, who happens to be one of the other partner's best friends, um, and who's also kind of the construction, like, handyman type person around the sex club, and then he's in the club fucking everything. So Garrett pretends his name is Drake and starts doing private messaging and private video chats with Mia. Like, she shows herself, but he never does. He never does. always voice. Yes. He doesn't, sh- and he distorts his yeah. voice, like drops it real low yeah. or whatever, talk her so she won't recognize yeah. his voice. But he gets off with yeah. her real quick and decides, well, fuck, yes, I am going to go to this here lake yeah. house and figure out what the fuck is going on. Right. 
So he shows up at the lake house. Parents are ecstatic that both the kids are in the house at the same time, even though they're all fucking grown. Mm -hmm. And he knows she's the cam girl and he's trying to get it out of her. But she's, of course, going to protect that secret because all he's ever done is tease her. And she doesn't want to give any of herself away to him. But she's attracted to him at the same time. And that's never happened. And it's all of a sudden happening for both of them. Well, I think, too, he knows that she's doing the cam girl in the lake house bedroom. Yes. So he's like, how can I get, like, this information out of her? Right. So there's this whole push and pull shit that happens, right? You got to have it in every book. And that's what's going to go on. Um, they're going to have little missteps where touching is happening and kissing is happening. Yeah. And he's almost trying to convince her, like, we can fuck, like yeah. it will just be fucking. And obviously we don't tell our parents, yeah. but there's no reason why we shouldn't fuck. Yeah. And she's like, I don't know. Cause you're such an asshole. And I don't know if I can trust you. And I don't know if I can believe you that you really want me and all this type of stuff. But eventually they do. Yeah. And when they're actually going to get down and dirty for the first time, she just drops on him that she's a virgin, which normally annoys me. I was not annoyed, though. Correct. Because she was just kind of out with it. Right. She was like, listen, I just haven't got rid of it. And he's he wants to say, you're a fucking cam girl. How right. are you still a virgin? Right. But he catches himself because he can't say it because she doesn't know yet. And the whole time that they're fucking around back and forth and his brain is back and forth like, can I fuck my stepsister? I really want to fuck my stepsister. You need to stop calling her your stepsister. Right. Yes. Also, he lies for their entire situationship yeah because he's still talking to her yeah. on the app as, as drake. drake so he's fucking her as garrett she is like i have feelings for drake yes she's basically in yeah. love with two what she feels right. is two different men but it's the same man right yeah and he lies yeah for a long time and she also doesn't know that he owns the sex club correct yeah so they fuck. Yeah. They fuck for a while. It goes on. It's really hot. Yeah. I really liked it. Yeah. All the sex is great. But they have to leave the lake house, right? Because they're only technically supposed to be right. visiting. So she decides, or she gets a call from one of her other cam girlfriends that was like, hey, the Salacious Players Club is possibly looking for like voyeur type situations of, you know, and you're really pretty and you're hot and you're naked and all they really want is someone to like beat off and, you know, let people watch you yeah. kind of a thing. And she's like, maybe I will. I'll just check out the club. This is where she finds out that he right. owns this club. Yes. And this is where he finally lets her know, like, I know you're a cam girl. What the fuck kind and of she's shit. She's like, how do you know that? Yeah. So yeah. he's going to get found out eventually. So you've also got, besides the sex and besides all their warring inside their head, now they're starting to fall in love. So, you know, that gets complicated. Well, I feel like they make it more complicated than it needs to be. Because, uh, exactly. Because here's the thing. What you're making complicated is, one, your hang-up, your own Garrett's personal hang-up over the fact that you're banging your, steps, your stepsister and the age. Right. But... A, that's not an issue for her. No. It's not really an issue at all because, again, you are barely step... I mean, you're not even step-siblings. Right. And also, he's so worried about what everyone's going to think. Yeah. First of all, your first BFF is a dom and in love with a 21-year-old girl that was your son's ex-girlfriend. Right. Why did you think he was going to judge you? Also, these people are your ride or dies. Yeah. I would never. I have probably 
four rider dies in my life. Mm -hmm. That you know, just four. Right. I would never ever once think that they would judge me, mm -hmm. no matter how terrible the situation. I don't ever feel that I would be judged. No. I find it just completely weird that, and it's not just this book, it's in every single book, mm -hmm. how worried they are about their friends, these ride or dies finding out about this. Right. You are best friends that own a kink club, mm -hmm. and you're worried that they're going to judge you because you're what? fucking your stepsister. Who's not really. Who's not really your stepsister. Like, get and over who's it. like 12 years younger Live than you. Live your life. Yeah. Like, I just. Yeah. So there's a couple things that she does that kind of rattles his cage, which I appreciate. Yes. Like, so the way that it's set up is there's this like hallway and there's like windows or whatever. So it's made to look like a museum and you're looking at paintings. But what it really is, is live action porn, right. whatever, performing. So whatever. So she does it and he loses his fucking mind. Yeah. And then Garrett is the voyeur and that's made pretty clear yeah. in book one. So he yeah. loves to watch. Right. And so it turned him on beyond belief, but then it also cavemaned him out. So he like had to storm right. in there and like fuck the shit out of her. Wasn't it with a girl? It was with Eden, wasn't it? Well, that's when he, she was like teasing him with yeah. like Madam Kink or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But when she did the performance, yeah. she did it by herself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a thing. She gets a job at the club eventually, and this yeah. is what she does, and he's down for it. Yeah. And they end up together, like, shocker. Right. But it was good. It was good. It was really good. Yeah. Once they got over it, and once they admitted the love, and, you know, you have to, like, have a monkey wrench, right. and you've got to break up, and then he got in his depressive yeah. episode, and his life, like, fell apart, yeah. and then she helped him put it back together, and they live happily ever after. Right. Yeah. That was book two. Okay. I loved it. Me too. I loved it. I did love the characters. Absolutely love the characters. All right. All right. Moving on to book three. This is Give Me More. Yes. Okay. This is a little different because you have three people. You have a marriage and a best friend. Right. So you have the third member of the Salacious Players Club board, whose name is Hunter. Mm -hmm. And you have his wife, Isabel. Mm -hmm. They've been married for about 10 years. And you have his best friend since childhood, Drake. The construction guy from book two. Right. Who... Also enjoys the yeah. sex club immensely and right. who digs men and women right. and is never hidden it, no. is not ashamed, yeah. and is quite popular. Everyone knows. Everyone knows. Yeah. Okay. Hunter and Isabel are celebrating their 10-year wedding anniversary by taking a road trip. And the road trip is they're going to multiple sex clubs over the U.S. And Drake is going with them for the ride. So road trip. Checking out other right. sex clubs, but also celebrating our anniversary. I think it's important to do a lay note that Drake and Hunter have been best friends since they were little kids. Right. They both grew up in not great homes and it brought them closer together. So they have been BFFs their whole lives. He's always been the third wheel in the relationship and not in a weird way, just he's always there. Yes. I think you get the idea that the only time that he's not really with them was like when they went on their honeymoon, right. but like all through them dating, all through them married, through them having their own businesses, he's there working at the club with him. Right. He takes part of dinner every night. Like he's just the third wheel yeah. of their marriage, yeah. but nobody cares. Like no. nobody feels bad about that. Like Isabel is down for it. Yeah. Like she and Hunter and Isabel are in love. They have a very good marriage. They are very much, very, uh, very loving, very yeah. sexual, very much in love. Well, this is where it kind of takes you off 
like I feel like out of outfield somewhere because Hunter just kind of decides to be vocal about the fact that he really wants to watch his wife fuck Drake. Now, it's your 10-year wedding anniversary, and this is the information that you're sharing with me. And you would feel like any other wife would be really freaked out about it. And maybe she was a little bit at first. Yeah. She was like, are you sure? I think she was freaked out about it because she's also in love with Drake. Yes. So I, she was pretty quick to sign up to be, okay. Yeah. I think the the thing about this we'll just say threesome in general Mm -hmm. threesome friendship in general Mm -hmm. is everyone is in love with any everybody Mm -hmm. but no one knows that anybody else is in love with anybody outside of the married couple right so drake is the only one who doesn't want to participate in this right because he thinks it's a terrible idea because he loves both of them yes he would feel like he would be losing his best friends because isabel is also his best friend right So I can understand where he's coming from. And he's also like, holy fucking shit, dude. You really think that you just want to sit there and watch me fuck your wife. And Hunter's like, no, no, no. I'm not just going to watch. I'm going to direct. Like, this is my own personal porn is what I'm trying to get off on right Right. now. And these are some of the sexiest fucking sex scenes Mm. I have ever, ever read. So Sarah Cage, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because holy fucking shit, these are good. I particularly liked when and when the men got together. Right, which, which isn't until later. Right. But I'm talking about like... I'm just even touching. The directing. Yeah. He's sitting in a chair yeah. with his dick in his hand and he's literally telling them step by step what he wants them to do to each he other. He does get on the bed too. Yeah. And he does help touch. Yes. Which... And then when he's done too, like when yeah. they're done, he fucks his wife, yeah. like a reclaiming type right. of thing or whatever. But and Drake that left. was hot. But yeah. Drake left the room. Cause I think he was like, well, uh, he got what he wanted. Like, I can't be, I don't want to be a part of this. Like I'm out. Right. And then like, I think Drake might go to the club or something like yeah. that. And they think he's flirting and they're both Isabel and Hunter are both taking it kind of personal. Yeah. And they're just both like, no, listen, we don't want you fucking somebody else. Yeah. And Hunter's like, I don't want you fucking somebody else and then fucking my wife. Yeah. Like, I just want you fucking my wife. So you are getting the idea though, that Hunter is attracted to Drake. Yes. But he was raised in a very homophobic environment. And so every time that he gets the down-home tingles Mm -hmm. for Drake, you get these visions of him having his father, like, talk shit in his head. Yeah. So small touching is happening because threesomes are starting to happen. But the men are still not together. But Isabel's a very satisfied bitch at this point. Like, super fucking satisfied. (laughs) I mean, I liked her take on... I love my husband, but being with just me is hiding who he truly is. Right. So she wants him to be sexual with Drake because she feels like that is the push he needs to fully come out and say, like, I am bisexual. Like, I like men too, but he just won't. Right. And with Hunter, I don't even know if he can handle the idea of I like men too, or I'm just in love with my best friend. Right. Because it's all about Drake. He doesn't have eyes for any other man. He doesn't find any other man attractive. But the threesome that they've got going on, 
and and they're together so they're going from sex club to sex club to sex club yeah. and they're traveling and they're staying in hotel rooms together and in beds together and and they're essentially living together yeah. so drake is like cool cool i get to fuck isabel which i absolutely love but i have always loved you hunter but right. he can't tell him that because he doesn't know if Hunter wants him back and if that's going right. to ruin and wreck the friendship that they've had forever, which means the most to him yeah. out of anything in the world. But at the same time, he's not able to be with other people. Not that he really wants to be, but he doesn't want to be the third wheel in this right. marriage. He doesn't want to go in and fuck Isabel and then leave the room so right. Hunter can fuck he Isabel. He wants to be like an equal partner. Right. So they've got all these love mm -hmm. feelings that they don't know what to do with outside of all the sex that they're yeah. having. but do not skip any of these sex scenes like oh if you God. do then you just don't you're not even worthy to read this they're book. amazing they are so good they're uh, so different each one i want to talk about um the dark room scene but um let's take a break and then we'll talk about it when we come back okay okay and we're back okay hi dark room okay so this is at a different sex yes. club i don't remember what state they were in um, Texas or Las Vegas or something like yeah. that. So Hunter and Drake decide to go and check out this club. And Isabel decides to stay back like at the Airbnb. And she does it on purpose. Mm -hmm. She wants them to be together. So they go into this club and partial the some of these rooms are completely dark. Mm -hmm. So you take off all your clothes, you put on a condom before you leave, like your room or whatever, mm -hmm. then you walk into this dark room and the bouncers all have on like night vision goggles so that they can see, but no one else can see anything. Mm -hmm. So you don't know essentially what you're doing. Like you don't know who you're doing what to. Right. So Drake decides that he's just going to walk around and he decides he's going to check it out. Mm-hmm. So he fucking disrobes, goes into this room, and is like, I don't know, feeling around on the walls because he can't see shit. Mm -hmm. And someone walks up to him, and it's like, he can tell it's like a, what he responds to as like a child. And he's right. like, no, bye. Yeah. And then someone else walks up to him, and he realizes that it's Hunter. Naked. Mm-hmm. With no condom on mm -hmm. which by the way how did he get i don't know i don't think he was fully naked because he like had to oh, pull his pants yeah. down so he was like touring the yeah. club so they didn't make him follow the same yeah. rules so drake realizes like holy shit like hunter is coming on to me and he tells drake like get on your knees yeah and suck me off and directs him through it yeah mm-hmm and he flat out, I mean, he, it was like the best experience ever. He flat out tells Isabel, it was the best head of my life. Yeah. Like, sorry, girl. Yeah. <laughs> sorry about your luck. Like, you come in second place here. But she was down for she it. She was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, she was down for it. Because again, she knew that this is what he needed. This was like one of the push. Except afterwards, like after he came... He just pulled up his pants and left. He just left Drake on the floor. Yeah. And Drake was like, no, the fuck you didn't. Yeah. And, and Drake he, took it really hard. Yeah. And he went home and, well, first he went to a bar and got drunk. And then he went home. And 
told Isabel what happened. Mm-hmm. And she apologized. And did they just, did they fuck on the couch, Drake and Isabel? Or did they just like, hang, just like, did he just finger banger or something? Somewhere around through there. I, don't know. I mean, they, they, they can fuck without yeah. Hunter being there. And yeah. that's what's happening. Yeah. That's what's been happening yeah. or whatever. So. It's a lot. It is a lot. It's a lot. And it's just hot. And so all you get from this, though, is that you're waiting for Hunter yeah. to come real with himself you know what i mean everybody else that loves him knows yeah um but he was struggling with it and so monkey wrenches always have to happen and what you end up with is that hunter decides he needs to move out of the house um for a couple of weeks or whatever to get his shit together Mm -hmm. and so it basically leaves isabel and drake together and they don't fuck for like weeks weeks and weeks and weeks I mean, they're like gone for two months. Yeah. They fuck like towards the very end. Right. Yeah. But I mean, obviously, like everything. Everybody comes together. Literally. Yes. They all come together. But essentially, what they've established is that it's going to be this like poly situation that Hunter and Isabel are married, but that Hunter and Isabel love Drake. Drake loves Hunter. Drake loves Isabel. They can all fuck each other or they can all, but they're all like essentially in a committed, loving relationship. And now it's time to tell the partners, which again, Hunter was nervous about, but why? Why? Like, I don't know. I, again, I, they all have to know. Yeah. And, and they, they did do. know. They did know. Like, it's ugh, just wild to me. Okay. So mm-hmm. let's really quick talk about one of the things that you don't like about reverse harems is that you do not believe in the notion that you can love numerous people equally right and let me just preference that by saying i can't right like right. i literally have right. the attention span right. that focuses like a radar right. on mr mcintosh and will right. not vary well, like, from I that mean, point in reverse harem you have a usually a girl and four guys yeah and, and, and i the, just can't right. do it and the story is like oh i love each one individually mm-hmm. differently but equally and like everyone can fuck everyone and it's fine but sometimes it's it is hard to like believe in the notion that like you don't love somebody just a little bit more. more. You don't have a connection, a better connection with somebody just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, do you believe that in the story? I really do believe in this story. And mm-hmm. it just goes, you know, kudos to the author. Yeah. It goes to the writing. Yeah. Because I believed in the relationships yeah. throughout the book because of the backstory and yes. how she wrote the, you know, flashbacks yeah. and how they all fell in love and how they can all be in love. Like, I completely yeah. agree and understand. Agreed. But personally, yeah. no, thank you. Yeah. One husband is enough. Thank you so much. Right. Well, one dick is not enough for Isabel. Apparently not. Get it, girl. Get it, girl. Because yeah. there, and folks, there is some DP that's yeah. written in this, and it is written very well. Yeah. But my favorite sex scene is literally when all three of them are fucking yeah. each other, and we're not just talking about a threesome situation. Yeah. We're talking about swords be crossing, yeah, asses be be banging, yeah, and it's just all lined up, yeah. and it's all amazing, and I enjoyed reading yeah. it. I did. It was a great, it was a great story. I think it might be my favorite of the four. Of the four. I agree with that. Yeah. Very well. Yeah. Very well. All right. Book four. Mercy. Mercy. This is the new one. And I don't know, honestly, how I feel about it. 
I did not love this book. I did not love this book. I read the whole book. Yep. Um, Mainly because I believe in Sarah Kate as an author. So I'm like, okay, it's just me. Mm-hmm. And it is just me. This book just isn't my kink. And so right. I had a hard time. Um, Not that I'm like having like a threesome with my husband or anything. <laughs> but like this just, this wasn't realistic for me because here's, here's the deal. So you have the fourth partner in the Salacious Players Club. It is a woman, the only woman, and her name is Maggie. Mm-hmm. Um, she started this club with the guys, but she's never really been very sexual by nature. She believes herself to be vanilla. She doesn't think she has kinks. It just isn't her jam. Right. She's and, just all about her job. Yeah. She doesn't, she just doesn't care about sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have the guy is Bo. Now, Bo, if you remember or listened to the first book, Praise, is Charlie's ex-boyfriend. Emerson's son. son. Who's like yes. 22. So age gap for me in this, I don't, I don't give a shit about age gaps. I just don't mm. in general. No, but, I think Maggie's like 34 yeah. and he's like 22. It's not that big of an age gap. Nope. However, the dom in this situation is Maggie. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the first book of all the hundreds of books I've read where the woman is the dom. Yes. It just isn't my kink. Yeah. I, she, she wants to hurt Bo. Mm-hmm. Like pain is like a big kink for her. Pain and humiliation, yeah. and she even says torture. Yeah, not mm, not my thing. No, it's not my thing. Even if a man's doing it, it just right. isn't my thing. Right. Um, I don't believe in. I think the whole like dom sub like collar situation is mm-hmm. like awkward for me. Mm-hmm. First of all, like a choke collar is not fashionably in. It is not. You know, but I don't. I think it's weird. Like, I don't know. I I just I didn't believe that they went from like this don't really know each other to her trying to figure out what her kink is and him like doing it because he wants to experiment, but he doesn't actually think he's submissive. And in the midst of this in like two months, they're like falling in love. And I just was like, eh. Yeah. I don't like Bo. I, I don't like Bo. No. So I didn't like that. I just didn't connect with the storyline or the characters, Maggie or Bo. Right. I just didn't. I feel the same way. I just didn't connect with it. Yeah. I don't know if it would have been different if we weren't set up from book <clears throat> one to not like Bo. Yeah. But he is a brat. Like yeah. he's Emerson's spoiled fucking son right. who threw a big fit about his dad owning a sex club. Yeah. And here he is experimenting with dad's best friend right. and thinking that he might be submissive. Now, I don't care that the roles are reversed and the woman is the dominant and the man is a submissive. It's just not my king. Right. Same. So it's not really, I mean, again, we read for enjoyment. Yeah. So I'm not going to spend my time reading something that is not something that I can relate to. Right. And this is how I felt about this book. Yeah. I didn't relate to Bo at all because he's a brat. And so, yes, they are talking about the fact that he is a submissive brat and she happens to like that. That's right. her kink. 
So he misbehaves, she gets to punish him, and then they have a bunch of sex. Cool. Fantastic. But I just couldn't get jiggy with this book. Like, I just couldn't relate to it. I finished it. Yeah. And I don't know where they're going to go with the series from here, but I was very disinterested in their happily ever after. I just didn't care. Yeah. They went through... I mean, the only thing that they really went through was the fact that nobody wanted to tell the truth that they were together. Which is wild to me because, I'm sorry, your dad is dating your ex-girlfriend. Marrying in this book. and he... Well, they did get married in this book. They got married in this book. And Emerson, his dad, was mad. Yeah, at Maggie. What the... You are a hypocritical asshole. Yeah. He bounced back real quick. He did. But, I don't know. I just... For a group of people that's business is kink with your best friends, not kink with your, well, mm-hmm. some with your best friends. Some with your best friends. I just, I did not understand the fact that these ride or die best friends were so worried about judgment, which they, by the way, did get. I mean, Emerson judged Maggie. Mm-hmm. Did he apologize afterwards? Yes. Yeah. But she's supposed to be your your best friend and you judged her but she also lied to him she did for like three months yeah so that's not cool I, I don't know. you know I, the I only thing i kept in, thinking I, about I buy into their friendships i didn't either the only thing though that i kept thinking about was Bo's mom and i'm thinking if my 21 year old son came and told me he was dating a 34 year old woman who owns a sex club no. And I know that sounds so hypocritical because of what we read, but I'm like, that's real. This is real life. Yeah. If in real life that my son's like, oh, I'm 21 and I'm dating a 34 year old woman. And oh, she, you know, no, no, you're not. You think you are, but you're not. Mama's going to, mama's yeah. got a problem with that. Yeah. I'm not saying every 21 year old, no. but I'm saying Jillian's 21 yeah. year old is going to have a come to Jesus meeting right. because no. He comes in here and hears us. He's like, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> he calls it his mom and her best friend's smutty podcast. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, all in all, did I feel that Mercy, like, would I be satisfied with the series if Mercy was the last book? No. Am I glad that I read the books? Yes, mm-hmm. because I did care i was very interested in the other characters yeah so like in the mercy book you're finding out that hunter and drake and isabel are expecting twins right they make no illusion to you of who the baby daddy actually is maybe they don't care to know or how that works out in their world but i'd be interested to see how that follows up um and then as we said before emerson and charlie from the first book get married so i would like a fifth book to like wrap up the storylines yeah like where are they now yeah kind of because the end of mercy they do like a year at the end like flash forward and then the very last chapter is three years so technically four years yeah they have opened up another sex club in another state like arizona and maggie's running it with Mm beau and they are committed to each other with little rings and collars and shit but that they're not actually married and there you have no plans no plans to get get married married. yeah yeah no kids no marriage yeah yeah that's how it wraps up yeah yeah i I do hope there's like a fifth book to like bring closure to all the storylines agreed i'd like to kind of revisit each of them and see where they're at kind of a thing same 
Yeah. I hope this wasn't the end, but I don't know. I didn't do any reading. I didn't do any follow-up. So I have yeah. absolutely no idea if there's more to this series or not. I mean, technically you just got the four, right. um, you know, owners yeah. of the club. So, but if you were to look at the four books as a series overall, even including praise, do you think that book one praise was your favorite or book three? Give me more. Cause those, I think we talked about before are two favorites out of the four. I don't know. I really like the second book too. Oh, Garrett and Mia eyes on me. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I think I might choose, but I think it's a tie between book two and three for me. Mm. And I'm tied between one and three. Cause I, without the age gap. So the age gap normally bugs the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. But we talked about it when we did do praise yeah. that Charlie doesn't annoy me. She was very yeah. mature for her age. Yeah. So I really liked the Dom submissive relationship that was in praise. And I like praise yeah. as a kink. So, but then I never would have thought in a million years that I would have been down for like the fantastic fucking threesome activity right. that occurred in the poly shit. Yeah. Um, fucking loved it. That, that, I believe was the most well-written sex scenes yeah. I have ever read in my life. Who's your favorite guy? Emerson. Yeah. Yeah. Drake's mine. Is Drake yours? Yeah. Which is weird because he's not even like the main the main guy, but I just liked his vibe in the books. He had know. a great vibe. I did think it was very weird. He kind of comes across as a huge asshole in book one and then such a fucking sweet pea in book three. Mm-hmm. Because when I read about what book three was going to be about, I was like, there's no way Isabel is going to like him. He is too cocky. He is too yeah. fucking ridiculous. But he, you never got to see the sweet side yeah. until he was in Hunter's book. Right. So that was definitely something I didn't expect, but I did like him. What's your dick score for the whole series? Um, I honestly, I'm going to give it a four and a half penises. I think that if if you could take mercy out of it, I would say five star this bitch all day, like five dicks all day long. But mercy was not my favorite. Nothing about the writing. The writing was still on point. The sex was still on point. Again, you're just going to relate to what you relate to. And I just didn't relate. And I didn't like the characters. Yeah. They were not my favorite. Yeah. Which is the exact same four and a half out of five. Yeah. Yeah. Rock on. Well, that wraps us up then. Salacious Players Club. Like we said, go back and listen to episode one, which is a couple episodes back for praise. This one covered two, three, and four. Um, Sarah Kate, you got it, girl. Yeah. We love you. What's happening next week? Uh, Next week is Lisa Renee Jones. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a series called The Filthy Trilogy. Uh, The Bastard, The Princess, The Empire. It's good. And I love Lisa Renee Jones. She writes, I and mean, she's got so many books out yeah. there. Um, and her social media is pretty cool too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's next week. All right. All right. You guys have a great week. Goodbye. So before you get on with your day, be sure to check us out on our social media pages, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok as the Smut Hive done by yours truly, our IT expert. Huh. Follow, like, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts or shoot us an email at smothive at We would love to hear from you. We better hear from you.